Another day without a resolution on the US debt ceiling. Maybe it's going to happen today. You might assume US stocks would continue down on fears of what happens next. But no, AI has come to the rescue. Well, NVIDIA's rescue specifically uh, with their projections of a big increase in chip demand for AI, pushing their share price up 25% or more and pulling the NASDAQ with it and the broader share market. Data-wise, well, the US economy is holding up and so are jobs. But Germany, well, it's been in recession for the last two quarters. But that's not stopping the ECB from talking up the hikes and some big economic releases today. So stay tuned for that. It is Friday, the 26th of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US equities shooting back up today. All it takes is a glimpse of hope, it seems. The Nasdaq up 1.7%, 0.9% for the S&P 500. The Dow ever so slightly in the red, whereas a three quarters of a percent fall in the FTSE 100 at close and a 0.3% drop in the DAX and the CAC Quarant. Bond yields are getting higher. 10-year treasuries up five basis points to 3.79%. German bonds also up five. And 10-year gilts in the UK hitting 4.38%. That is a 17 basis point rise in yields. Uh, we're really going back to the GFC uh, to see yields that high. Aussie 10-year yields up five yesterday, up to 3.7%. Add another five on futures overnight and the US dollar pushes higher still up to 104.3 on the DXY index adding another 0.3% this morning the Aussie is down a bit over 0.6% getting down below 65 cents overnight the Kiwi dollar down almost 0.9% getting almost down to 60.4 US cents which is the lowest since November in fact Uh, modest moves elsewhere compared to all of that just a 0.3% drop in the euro, for example, and a 0.4% drop in the pound. And big falls in oil now. WTI down 3.2% and Brent losing 2.7%, just over 76 a barrel. Uh, but oil, of course, has been vacillating between 72 and the high 80s uh, all this year with no evident direction, really. So the weekend, almost here. Will they reach a debt ceiling deal? That is the question. Nabs Gavin Friend joins me from London. So... Gavin, those uh, one-month Treasury bills, they have, which have been shooting up, of course, they've come down 12 basis points overnight from their very uh, elevated levels. So there's hope, isn't there, right there? And yet still, no deal. I don't know what this hope is based on. Yeah, morning, Phil. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say that those Treasury bills into early June are still yielding over 6%. That's still yes. pretty elevated and showing tension. Yeah. And you compare that with the bills maturing a little bit later. Um, on the on the debt ceiling discussions, still no deal, of course. Um, key Republicans are saying that uh, the de- the differences on the discussions are narrowing, but there's still no deal. You know, as we've said before, it looks like uh, the Republicans want to take this right to the wire. Um, and we have that clock counting down where if you believe um, Speaker McCarthy's views that, you know, the Republicans will want 72 hours to review any deal before they vote on it, count that back from next Thursday, X day, and, uh, you know, take into account the Monday. Yes, indeed, take into account the Monday U.S. Memorial Holiday. I mean, I would add, if things get, you know, we come into Tuesday and there's still nothing, even Wednesday, what's to stop the two sides doing something, you know, agreeing on a temporary uh, increase, you know, with a sunset clause or, you know, suspending it for a short period of time. What's to stop Biden at the 11 and a half hour doing something on the 14th Amendment? You know, these kinds of things, these options presumably are there. <clears throat> the point, though, I think markets are, again, you know, sanguine in thinking, apart from what we talk about, those bills, 
you know, maturing early June. You look at yields. I mean, it, the, the story today is about yields ramping higher. You know, yeah. uh, to your point, US two-year yields up, what, uh, 12 basis points, 25 basis points in two days. Uh, gilt yields, 18 basis points on the day at the two-year, 42 basis points in two days. And the highest now since the infamous Liz Trust days back in September, October last year, lest we forget. Um, the, mm. the, the, the driver for all this, European rates, UK rates, US rates, is markets think there will be a, a, a resolution on the debt ceiling and they're listening to central banks that either, yeah. in the UK's case, have got to raise rates further, ditto the ECB, or in the Fed, you know, the language, the mood music, whatever we heard out of Chair Powell from the meeting early in the month about, you know, the Fed can afford to, you know, look at the data. It's done a lot on the tightening, uh, potentially making way for a pause. And we heard again today from Susan Collins, similar language about a possibility of a pause, but markets are not buying it. The driver here is is other Fed officials pushing on, and uh, that's where the market wants to go. Well, the data is still strong, isn't it? And then on top of all of that, I mean, the reason why the share market's up so much is because, you know, everyone's gone a bit chip crazy. So NVIDIA's uh, sales forecast has pushed their shares up 26% because they're forecasting a boom for uh, microchips to meet the demands for AI products. They, You know, they're seeing that as the great way forward. So NVIDIA now is getting close to being a trillion dollar company. And that sort of pulled a lot of shares behind it. But also, you know, we and so, you know, it's interesting that they've taken that positivity, even though the debt ceiling is, you know, is, is upon us but uh, we are also seeing very strong economic data coming out of the US so so no big move on jobless claims i mean they they went down from 225 sorry up to 229 in a week so hardly any move at all and then gdp the second estimate has actually been revised upwards so and then prices as well up to 4.2% in that quarter which is an upwards revision so everything's really as far as the fed is concerned everything's heading in the wrong direction isn't it yeah i mean to your first point the, the nvidia story is obviously dominating the equity market it's a strong rally but it's a narrow rally it's really centered around that elsewhere mm. again to your point i think is well made about the gdp this was the second reading so it's the effect effectively you know you get the advanced first the second reading uh just a slight turn on the dial you know two tenths extra on the headline growth to 1.3 percent q and q annualized um again this was the quarter that we had that you know weather uh, the, the strong weather effect so consumption is strong you know, that's m much more than 100% of the total increase. Um, and um, the detail really didn't change much. But again, you make the point about PCE, we're going to get the personal income yes. and spending report later today. So that gives us a line of sight that that's inching up a little bit. Any data we get that suggests US growth is a little bit more resilient or inflation is a little bit higher plays to exactly what we're talking about here. You know, a slightly higher dollar um, and certainly higher yeah. yields. Um, so more and, uh, from the Fed, in other words, to to cope with that. And yet, in Europe, we're also saying more coming from the uh, from the ECB. And yet, now we, we discovered uh, overnight that uh, over the last two quarters, Germany has technically been in recession, and certainly, you know, the direction of travel in Europe is more down than than up. Although, you know, we still have the central bank there saying, no, we have much more to so, do. So. You know, we've talked about this, the narrative that markets have been running with for the last, uh, well, f for many months now. In the last two, uh, that of uh, a recovering rest of the world economy, whatever happens to the US, 
China is recovering and, the, and, and, and Europe is too. Um, that narrative has shifted over the last three or four weeks quite decisively, um, partly because of you know, what the ECB said at its last meeting about the forceful transmission of its uh, rate hike so far feeding through the economy, um, and partly because you know, the China numbers have, have gone awry. Um, so today, uh, as you say, uh, final uh, Q1 GDP out of Germany, and we get a, revi- a downward revision from a flat initially to minus 0.3. You add that to the minus 0.5 that we got in Q4. So we have a technical Q4. recession, a 1.2% slide in consumer spending. It was a broad slide, perhaps better than the 1.7% decline we saw in Q4, but a slide nonetheless. A nearly 5% di- di- dive in government spending offset a bit by uh, higher investment spending on construction, machinery and equipment, those kinds of things. And net exports up chunky, what, adding uh, 0.7 percentage points to growth um, after similar amounts in Q4 as, uh, as imports fell. So the, the detail of that gives us some context. Markets are seizing on the idea, yeah, Germany's in recession. That plays to the narrative that we're, ne- we're now running with or have been running with for three or four weeks. I would query, you know, how do we cross-check weaker consumer spending in Germany with the services data that's, you know, off the charts? I mean, the answer, I mm. think, is is energy costs, you know, through Q4 last year and, and certainly through maybe through Q1. But that, that, that's, that's one big factor, but that's fading ever so fast because gas prices are coming down, electricity prices are coming down, you know, very, very quickly. So that's a fading thing. It's something in the rearview mirror. Um, and I think exports picking up is, is, is encouraging. Of course, what we need to see is China pick up as well, because that's the inextricable link between, uh, you know, the powerhouse yeah. of Germany, the exports to China. If we could get that, we might turn around that rest of the world story. But it's, it's not there at the moment. And uh, the market's running the other way. The ECB, though, you know, at, to your point, we've got, uh, you know, two or three ECB speakers on the wires Thursday talking about the need for more. Francis Villaroy is is the guy that's saying, look, policy is already re- restrictive. One or two more hikes, maybe a third one in September. The others are all saying, well, hang on a minute. You know, we haven't really got the best of, uh, uh, you know, a top of uh, core inflation yet. Um, wages are still an issue. So there's a question mark, you know, they possibly need to do more, which plays into what we heard from Nagel from Germany. Yeah, and uh, Grindos is saying all. it's not just not just wages; it's also widening profit margins. Seems yes. to, you know. Well, that's the that's the ongoing story from the ECB, and uh, mm. <laughs> you know, I think I think uh, in the UK we'd we'd swap the, their inflation problem for ours. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, Jonathan Haskell from the Bank of England's been talking as well, hasn't he, about the need for more hikes uh, in the UK as well after those inflation numbers early in the week. Uh, he said, uh, you know, he wants to lean against the risks of inflation momentum. So. I mean, it seems like five and a half percent is the end game now, doesn't it? Which is, you know, that's a full one percent higher than where we are now in the UK. Yeah, we don't actually hear much from Haskell. He doesn't say a lot. But actually, <laughs> I was uh, looking at his comments and saying that, uh, um, you know, we're not yet seeing embedded inflation um, and uh, further rate rises cannot be ruled out. Mm. Markets pricing in a whole hundred basis points of, uh, of, uh, of yeah, rate rises, say- so it doesn't sound very hawkish, does it? No, really, it given where the market's <laughs> running to, but the market needs it needs comfort. In. It needs to see uh, you know inflation fall as it will do. The headline will drop further as we go through the next three months. We learned today, uh, sorry, we learned on Thursday about the off gem 
new pricing for energy, that's going to knock almost one percentage point off of CPI when we get to July. The mm. get to get to October, you're going to have another round down from base effects there. So, you know, private sector forecasters are looking for inflation to drop from eight point seven to around about five percent by the end of the year. The problem, as we as we as, as as my colleague Ray talked about yesterday, is is core inflation that jumped from six point two to yeah. six point eight, and the idea that wages and second round effects are becoming embedded. The market has had a shock, a scare. And I think what you're seeing in benchmark yields in the UK, as I say, are almost 50 basis points in two days and are now 100 basis points almost priced in uh, for, for rate rises, is that that jolt about, 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 about where is this coming from? The Bank of England just isn't getting on top of it and it needs to, some shock therapy to, to turn that back down again. But of course, it will come at the cost of lower economic growth. So lots of countries have been saying, you know, what we really need is uh, higher uh, immigration so that we can, you know, ease the tightness in the labour market. Uh, so I don't know if the 600,000 extra people, net people uh, living in the UK now over the last year are all working people. But, you know, you'd be thinking that would be uh, that, well, that might help with the inflation target. So, so the government has, you know, you're right. I mean, the, the long term sickness, the lifestyle changes from the pandemic and then Brexit, all these things have added to this sort of you know, almost one and a half million sort of shortage on the labour front. The government is trying these targeted measures to try and attract uh, net migration in to help ameliorate some of these problems in, in areas such as construction, house building, um, you know, hos- uh, hospitality and health sector. But it's it's small beer. Um, mm. You know, it's it's it takes time to get going. It's not something that can be ha- that can happen. You can't just switch it on and expect uh, instant results. It's it's a it's a you know, it will help. But it's going to take a bit more time, and uh, this government yeah. is is rapidly running out of time. Yeah, they are, aren't they? So, look, a hugely busy day to finish the week off. So, uh, while we're talking about the UK, we get retail sales for there, but also, perhaps more important to us, Australian retail sales for April, and then on the inflation front, you can talk through all of this in one go if you like. The uh, the core PCE, which was sort of already mentioned, uh, and the personal income and spending and durable goods orders in the US, and then the Tokyo CPI read for May, which was up to three and a half percent in April. Uh, now a lot of countries would be envious of three and a half percent, but for Japan that's very high. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, t- yeah, tell us about it, that. Pick, pick out of that lot. Let's bring it back to home. So Australia retail sales. This is for April. The consensus is for a. Uh, three percent, three a three tenths of a percentage point rise um, uh, after 0.4 um, in in March. We're looking for a flat reading, a nab. Um, you know, we know retail sales growth has slowed. You know, the level of nominal sales just what a half percent above its level six months ago. Volumes declined in uh, retail volumes declined in Q4 and Q1. Um, we note that um, the Treasury Secretary Stephen Kennedy said last week that consumers are starting to pull back on spending with volumes falling by something like 0.6% in the first three months of the year. But, you know, context is important. You know, overall retail sales growth has slowed, um, but non-food retailing, for instance, has picked up markedly since the pandemic. And, you know, uh, food retailing, which is which is less stellar, has been replaced by a surge in, ca- in eating in cafes, restaurants, takeaways, which, which kind of looks, if you look at it on mm. a levels basis, I mean, it's, it's it's a real it's a real surge. It, it kind of looks like some sort of you know lifestyle choice um, that people are making. You know, let's not buy so much in supermarkets uh, and cook, and but let's eat out. You know, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Um, it, of course, but that, but that just adds be. to the inflation pressures because it adds to the wage pressures. It does, uh, and it, and it doesn't mean it doesn't signal eating out doesn't signal an economy that's slowing, does it? 
Yeah, unless unless of course you're you're talking about the UK, and uh, you know, regardless of where you buy your food, is is expensive. But I mean, yeah. um, you know, these numbers in Australia will be important for Q1 GDP, which we're going to get out in early in early June. Um, you know, just just after the uh, the mm. RBA meets. But we do have to remember that these the retail numbers only account for about a third of of, of total consumption, so it's it's not yeah. the whole picture. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what happens today with the uh, with the debt ceiling. There was a, a paper published by the White House on the impact uh, if uh, if this debt ceiling is not arrived at. Uh, they say if there's a, a short default, it would reduce GDP by 0.6 percent and take uh, and take unemployment up to five percent with nearly. Two million jobs lost. That sounds a bit over the top, doesn't it? Well, well, that's that's the Congressional Budget Office estimates, and mm. um, that's for a short, uh, a short uh, default. If it if it was more prolonged, it's something like six percent. I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 you know, it's not small no. beer. For all the more reasons why it's not going to happen, obviously. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, hopefully we'll hear something on that today. Good to talk, Gavin. Catch you again next time. Cheers, Phil. And I've just seen some numbers saying that the U.S. Treasury balance sheet, which was 68 billion at the start of the week, it was 49 billion on Wednesday. So it's going down. It's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? If nothing eventuates today, and we're left going to the till Tuesday on this. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again on Monday morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.